Hi and welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. This week's episode is with Ray Badrin, who is a lovely man, and we had a really interesting conversation about why he does not like to have opinions on things. And uh, at first glance, that sounds like the worst person possible to have on tea with Alice. But I think we, through some circuitous conversational routes, came to some really interesting points. So I hope you enjoy listening to that. And uh, what else? Oh, yes, I have a documentary series, an Audible original documentary on meditation and neuroscience that's now available. It's free if you're an Audible subscriber. If you're not, I think you can get a one-month subscription for free and get a free audio book and also access to the Audible originals. Uh, This is not me advertising Audible. Uh, I do not do advertisements on this show, um, in part because I don't really want to compromise. I don't want to have to worry about what I'm saying for fear of annoying a sponsor or whatever. You know, that's why I do Patreon. And thank you to everybody who subscribes there and supports the podcast in that way. Uh, If you don't, that's okay as well. You're not not obliged to support the Patreon. Although I've been trying to do a little bit more for the Patreon subscribers um, in like the $1 posts and some $5 posts and trying to give the $25 subscribers more value that you know i've been trying to do that but equally if you do not support me on the patreon that's fine uh it's 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 you can just support me in other ways or not at all just by listening you're supporting me but email me alicerfraser at gmail.com i always really enjoy your emails and um i hope you are well I think those are all the things I wanted to say. Oh, yes, the trilogy. I got my download numbers from the tri- for the trilogy from the ABC, and I'm overwhelmed by just the number of people who have listened to that podcast. Uh, the trilogy, it means a lot to me. Uh, it's a piece of work I'm very proud of, and so to know that, like, so many people have listened to it really makes me feel not even happy, just, like, satisfied or fulfilled or something nourished happy happy is a good enough proxy for it i will stop blithering and let you get on with listening to the podcast with ray badrin Uh, you're having tea with alice i'll see you next week who are you and what are you drinking oh i'm i'm my name's ray and i'm drinking an enchanted forest tea I'm not sure exactly what it what it, uh, what it entails. It had green tea in it, and I'm looking at it, but like rose hints of rosemary and blueberry. I think. I mean, it sounds enchanting. Yeah, well, it's in does the it name. make you feel like you're in a magical world of wonder? Um, it was uplifting. It was sort of touch of uh, peppermint, um, hints of blueberry. Yeah, maybe it has a chamomile, a bit, bit <laughs> relaxing. I'm drinking Gentle Giant tea. Gentle Giant tea. It's a big cup. It's a, yeah. It is a giant, giant yeah. cup. I, a I cold. It cold because I'm a monster. Yeah, so you, what's the Gentle Giant tea? It's like a white tea yeah. with kind of ginger in it. I hear, I read a, a study that said if you take ginger tablets, it reduces moral disgust. Oh, right. Not because I'm in danger of feeling a huge amount of moral disgust, but it just made me think of ginger, and so when I saw ginger on the menu, I thought I'd try it. But how's that linked to a, 
I think to a, like a physical aspect of your body. You know? So yeah, Stress. it's, it's interesting Stress. in the way that like a lot a lot of times your mental state is linked to your physical state. Yeah. Um, so like if you smile, you'll feel happier, even if you're not that happy. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so and again, you always have to take these psychological studies with a pin, uh, pinch of salt. Yeah. Uh, because salt reduces no. Um, but but uh, yeah, they were doing this study about moral disgust. So when you see something that makes you feel outraged, whether it's somebody who is anti-gay marriage or for gay marriage, depending on what side of the field you you sit, yeah. you, you feel a physical revulsion. Your anger manifests in a physical way. So if you yeah, take right. ginger anti-nausea pills... So like a lot of these extremists are just ginger intolerant or whatever? Yeah, well... Again, or not I, intolerant, ginger deficient. Yeah, ginger deficient. They haven't... They need to watch their Gingition, nausea response. Ginger-ition. But I find that really interesting. And there's that other one of if you watch... I would your, argue that almost all uh, for myself personally, almost all mental afflictions are connected to my personal, uh, my physiological state. Almost, almost all. Oh yeah. Like often, like when I'm depressed, it's it's there's there are many reasons, but the reasons like I'm noticing all these reasons is because my physical health is quite low as well. Uh huh. Yeah. So if you're super jacked, you'll be happy. Well, not jacked, but just. At a, at a um, well, like at a, at a quantum level, like your, your cells just excite or decite or depress, you know. So, like, if you're active and you're and you're moving and stuff like that, and you and you, you know, your brain's active and your synapses are active and stuff like that in certain regions, then I, I think yeah, you're less likely to get depressed. You know? I mean, that's a that's a good point. There's an Alain de Botton quote that I love, and I'm going to butcher, where he says it's no disservice to the complexity of the human experience to say that. Often despair is just low blood sugar and tiredness. I, I would almost argue, apart from like <clears throat> massive reasons that we all sort of know of, like uh, uh, you, you know, like a life-changing event sort of thing, or like sort of post-traumatic stress sort of events, like big, big uh, psychological sort of uh, uh, troublesome events to deal with. Like I would argue that that quote's almost always correct. You know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's so hard when you're depressed to think about, you know, oh, have I eaten? Have I gone for a walk? Have I had enough sleep? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even that. It's just, it's, it's, you don't want to trivialise your problems with just going for a walk or having enough sleep and stuff like that. Yeah, and like there's that. nothing more annoying than saying I'm miserable and someone going, have you had a sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not that these problems don't exist. I just think that I'd be better equipped to handle them and they wouldn't get to a level of depression when, if I'm healthy and on top of everything sort of yeah. thing. Which is not, yeah, of course there are genuine mental yeah. chemical imbalances, but kind yeah. of if you're a generally... That's why I tried to I tried to cover it by saying for myself personally, I didn't want to diminish anyone's uh, to, to genuine genuine hang-ups or whatever. So what have you been wrestling with recently? Do you follow the news? Are you... I don't, I'm, 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 I don't follow the news heaps. No, I um, kind of purposefully don't as well, but I'm wrestling with being here being a bit lonely um, growing up at the age of 32 being, moving to London doing stuff like that that's uh, that's been I'm quite a codependent person and always have like human beings around and I've just not had that this year and, and I've sort of bumbled my way through life too and then sort of had to take responsibility for my own actions a bit more over here and stuff that sounds sounds like I'm in trouble almost um, but yeah just grow up a bit and it's been a bit of a mental mental uh, 
mental fuck around. So what do you think has happened? What? Do you, how do you think you have grown up? Like what? Thi- what lessons have you learned, or what have you? Oh, nothing. Nothing major. Just, just a lot of things that are. I mean, just shit, you know, just everything that I've cut quarters with. But just taking, being organised and taking myself seriously, my health and my mental state. My, my mental state was more so the one, and then you know, I know it was a nice segue from what we we're talking about before. But I'd never really taken any um, address to it. I, I'd, thought, I'd thrown around terms like sadness and depression before, but I don't think I'd ever. Really really experienced I mean of course I'd been sad and maybe depressed but not like I'd got over here uh, earlier in the year just it was it was um just, just because I didn't take care of my brain and then just after a while and then that coupled with um, a lot of time on my own with, my, with it as well just sort of, yeah, sent it spiralling a little bit. <laughs> Why do you think you found it difficult to be on your own? Um, <clears throat> most likely due to habitual reasons that I was just uh, probably like spoiled as a child and just by my mother and stuff like that. So yeah, if you want to get really <laughs> deep. But yeah, so um, probably just habitual reasons like that, yeah. So, so And are you in a better place now or have you just made more friends? Oh, I haven't no, I haven't really made more friends. I mean just I'm in a better place but I don't really know. I, yeah, I, I am. I am. I'm totally in a better place mentally and feeling good and healthy and stuff like that. But um, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't really made any more friends. I don't really know the answer to it, to it all. Just just exercising a shitload as well. So you're happier with being on your own? Yeah, I am. And I'm, I'm, you haven't just pushed that problem away. You've sort of solved it a little bit. Oh, I'm trying to do do stuff, but you're, it always ends up being a bit fucking lame, you know? It ends up, ends up being a bit like <laughs> meetup.com, you know? You're like, oh, do you want to go... So, uh, yeah, go play, like, ping pong with people and football and, like, yeah, play sports and do shit and, yeah, so try I do do a lot of stuff that I wouldn't usually do, that I would have paid out. I would have, I would have, I wouldn't have believed that I would have done when I was 18, if someone said. You think, have you let, have you disappointed your younger self? Well, just so grown up, just so adult, just so boring and lame, go to the tape modern with an adult in the middle of the day, you know, it's so boring. (laughs) See, uh, maybe this is why I don't mind growing up, because that has always sounded like a fun idea to me. Yeah. See, when I was like 18, I've it would have been, been fun lame. if it's like, oh, let's get stoned and go to the Tate Modern. Like, you know, but now it's like, oh, yeah, we'll meet you at the Tate Modern. We'll have lunch and we'll have a walk around. Like, fucking 80 years old. <laughs> I think there is a weird phase in your life that you get to where you kind of come out of school, you make your own friends for the first time. Mm-hmm. So you're not just friends with the people who are in proximity to you. There's sort of more choice. Yeah. And you are drawn to people and you build these friends friendships that feel kind of immense because they're the first time you've kind of gone out and found someone and connected with them and then built this friendship and they often feel like they're going to last forever because they are so meaningful at that time of your life. And then there's a real shock to the system as you get to your late 20s or early 30s where you realise that they've drifted away from you, you've made different choices, that then you don't necessarily have those friends that you've left them, you've moved away, they've moved away. And then you go, well, you know, how could I let that go, these special, like this time of my life that was so meaningful? 
and then can I make new friends or am I too old to make new friends or is it just not no room for friendship in my life? It feels so forced, you know, and then, I mean, I've had what you're saying now and I've had that constantly because I'm I'm quite, I get into quite intense friendships with people and... um, and then, so yeah, now at an older age, not a older age sense, but it just feels... Now in your ancient early 30s. It feels 30s. harder to, to, to become friends with, not harder, but to get that intense closeness sort of thing, you know? Yeah. It's maybe like dating. Like, I couldn't imagine dating now because I'd have to date fully formed humans. Like, I didn't date, <laughs> I didn't date them then. I, you know, they'd, they'd accept all my flaws and I'd accept their... We didn't even know, you know, political views would shape together. And now it's like it's a it's a job interview on a date it's it's be yeah, tough that's really interesting actually yeah. as a point for like those early early adult friendships where you're like you are almost picking people because you want them you want their qualities to be part of you you're still constructing yourself yeah and you're like I want to be the kind of person I am when I'm well, with it's you like if I met you and, if I met you when I was younger and it was like you had quirks it was like oh you put you put jam on top of your eggs or something like that I'd be like I'll try that and then now it's like if I met you now and you did that I'd be like this fucking weirdo and then I met puts jam on top of their eggs I don't know if I can talk to them again you know yeah They're you're more fully formed it's less yeah. of like you know mixing yourself into a porridge and more of trying to fit a puzzle piece together yeah I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty relaxed with political views and stuff but like that's that's probably the best example I mean that's that can polarise someone you know from when you say you're pretty relaxed about political views that's quite a big statement for nowadays nowadays people are very like I saw this I think it was the the kind of the most marked example of this where people said that Clementine Ford shouldn't have Christmas with her father because he's Clementine Ford is very uh, vocally left very vocally feminist very aggressively feminist in a way that she's kind of used as a yeah. as a straw man for the right wing about ridiculous excessive you know she'll publicly shame people who send her private messages and all of that kind of thing yeah I don't know that I think you know some of her views are excessive and many of them are reasonable um, yeah. but she has a right wing father and she loves him because he's her father yeah. and people were saying she should cut him out of her life if she's really committed to her politics yeah and that seemed like such a strange thing to me because we're more than just political opinions I mean I suppose it's like the the cliche example of um the cliche sort of uh, retort of someone saying, oh, it's not as bad as shit that's going on overseas sort of thing. Have you seen the stuff going on overseas? So when you have uh, ethnic parents or immigrant parents, that's not just like a... That's just instilled in you. It's like, oh, yeah, my, my parents left, like, war-torn countries. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, it's like... I heard someone equate, talk about the, like, political climate, and this is my favourite uh, analogy. They said that they equated it to sort of similar to um, uh, the Protestants versus Catholics at mm. times felt, felt felt like that and it's like when you look at it at a global level and you look at it from an international level and you look at it from an overseas level and you look at it from parents that had immigrant parents that were in a war-torn country and you, you like sort of pan out from their point of view and you look at political scape you're like they're both the fucking same like all the party they're, 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 they're all like within Christianity so to say as in like Catholic you know it's all it's, it's you know and it's just a 
kind of a vanity of small differences that's been blown well, it's out. It's just a sport. It's just a sport now, you know, and it's just stupid. And it's, it's like it's, it's if anything, it's easier. I mean, I understand that it's, it's the trend. It's, it's very politically charged and stuff. But at the same time, it can be easier to sort of switch off from it all because it's so over the top and absurd and, and you've lost any faith in it or any care well, in it. Yeah, I think people very generalise out from political views to um, to attitudes that I don't think, in a way that I don't think is quite accurate. So you could say, for example, if you're anti-immigration, I assume you don't care about human beings and you're happy to see children die. Yeah, totally. But that not, might not actually be the case. Like, yeah. you don't actually know what they believe about the facts. Yeah. I think often these, like, ideological differences aren't as much ideological differences as different facts. You believe different facts or you understand different facts or you've been exposed to different facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for example, you might care about, you know, foreign children, but you think... You know, in realistic terms, we don't have enough money to look after these people. If they come in the system, there'll be a drain on the system. My grandchild won't be able to get a hospital bed when she needs it. Yeah. Like, those are, that's a, a fact scenario, a different understanding of the facts. It's not necessarily a different approach to human life. Well, there's also like so many levels of education on these topics that like if you are apathetic towards them like myself a bit and you then try and instill any sort of instinctual opinion on something you're so far behind on like this is the thought that someone had like two years ago and they've, they've climbed up it's you're so far so you just don't bother to get into any of these sort of political or, or even sort of uh, ethical or, or sort of conversations because it's just there's so many different and there's so there's there is a lauding of like intelligence sort of thing to them that it's, it's just annoying and yeah you think it's annoying that people are having these arguments well it's kind of like when a big sports event happens as well sort of thing you know and like people talk about the teams like they know what the fuck's going on or who's gonna win and it's just kind of like that it's just all noise it's just a bit annoying and yeah I mean the argument against that would be uh, from a very politically active person that these are the things that affect your life they're gonna directly affect your totally. life or totally life but there but is I mean, room for like a couple of slackers like myself just <laughs> to sit in the back you know I know everyone can't have this attitude but like the thing is everyone does it and I'll just you know not do the homework and chill out at the back I mean this is an in- it's an interesting point if nobody cared then it, would it be a problem I mean I, on one hand I guess no it would be to me because then I'd probably care out of some weird juxtaposition so yeah I'm pretty happy just chill and be in the <laughs> not care <laughs> You're a free rider on the system, man. Oh, yeah. More of a nihilist, but like optimistic, An happy. optimistic nihilist. Happy nihilist. Positive, we're all going to die, but positive. it'll be fine on the way kind well, of thing. Nihilist isn't really we're all going to die, is it? Nihilist is just there's no doesn't point matter. in trying to do it, figure anything out, because it just doesn't matter, yeah. I mean, uh, that, that's an interesting um, perspective, and particularly in light of, like... Uh, no, I've lost the thought. I was going to say something about, um, you know, someone with a gun in their hand is your enemy, but until that point, you're happy to talk to anyone about anything. 
I'm someone in a gun. So, like, when it escalates to the point where someone has a gun in their hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, of course I have views. I mean, I have to have views and opinions, but, yeah, I try not to... Uh, I just, just, yeah. You know, sometimes you meet people and they just, they're not into food. They might not like food. Yeah. You know, they just see it as a, as like a fuel or something like that. They just don't like food. Oh, like, I love food. I love, I love tasting food. I love going out for food. I love meals and everything. Some of them just sort of like that. I've sort of trained my mind to be a bit like that. Yeah. With anything important. This is partially, this is partially me having to grow up too. Like, I've trained my mind not, not to think about anything that's sort of meaningful or important. See, the problem with being nihilist, nihilist or whatever, or, or that that uh, having that viewpoint of nothing matters, you can kind of have a bit of a vacuous life as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's interesting. I think there's like totally defensible ethical. Uh, stances that you can take. You can have strong opinions and be fixed to them, which I don't particularly like. People who yeah. think how hold their opinions as their identity, like my yeah. belief system is who I am. Oh yeah, totally. Then you can have strong opinions but hold them loosely. Like you can have a strong opinion but be willing, open to new yeah, yeah. data. So like I, you know, yeah. I strongly believe that we should be more compassionate. Yeah. But if you tell me a good reason why we shouldn't be more compassionate, yeah. then I'll listen to you and I'm open to persuasion, then I think you've kind of got your perspective, which is I have no opinions until I absolutely need to have an opinion. I think this, it's, the, it's one of each of the top ones. It's loose opinions and can be swayed also. <laughs> <laughs> which I think is good. I mean, there is quite a lot of um, nosy parkering when it comes to the opinion market nowadays. Of don't just, get me like, wrong. Having to... opinions about things that don't affect you. It's hard to even discuss this shit, though, too. Like, I mean, unless it's one-on-one -on -one with someone, but it's quite hard because and it's like I'm, I've got a science degree and I did a bit of philosophy and stuff like that so there are parts of me that intellectually loves to sort of talk about talk about say ethical issues and stuff like that but it's hard because when you just don't care and you haven't really then you just spurt out an opinion you're just, you're just so far behind like behind everyone's everyone's so much smarter <laughs> <laughs> I don't I think you uh, underrate your intelligence as as a kind of a shield oh that's nice and looking into things that can get depressing too, like science can ruin. I did a science degree. It ruined. It ruined. It actually started at the beginning of my negativity towards life. I'd say actually because it was like, <laughs> well, it just takes the fun out of everything. You know, it's food. Like I was talking about before, how much fun it is. And then you're just like, if you look at it scientifically, you're like, it's just like amino acids, like you know, exciting some part of my brain and. This isn't even good. Like this, I'm, you know, I'm just an idiot for thinking this is so exciting. And you know, any moment, love, <laughs> all of them are ruined. Everything's ruined because you've thought about it. Yeah, I mean, that's the the, the Dunning Kruger effect, right? The less you know about something, the more you think you know about it, and the more you know about it, the more you realise how you know nothing. Yeah, well, no, it's it's more. I mean, I don't I don't agree with this, but it's more like ignorance is bliss. Like not not complete ignorance isn't bliss, but like somewhere in the middle is a bit of bliss I think like not ignorance too too much thoughts are just like if you tried to put your mind to like finding a proper political system that like helps everyone that doesn't uh, doesn't oppress people blah blah, blah. You, you'd never be able to do it you'd go crazy and you'll die miserable and science it's all just the more you think if you think too much it's, it is dangerous it is very dangerous it <laughs> just leads to depression I think my dad tells a story about when he and my mum were younger and they went they were going to join a co-op down the south 
south coast, a beautiful piece of land um, where they were all going to own it in common. They were hippies, right? Yeah. And they went in and they were talking about how they would establish a government, uh, you know, how they would establish a community system and how they would run things and how they... And it broke down because they couldn't decide how to vote on how to vote. Yeah, right. Like, what kind of voting system they were going to have to make, you know, community decisions. They were talking about different ways of, you know, you could have a first-past-the-post system or you could have a majority system or you could have a 50% majority or whatever it was, unanimous decision. All of these possibilities. But they couldn't decide on how to vote on how to vote and it all collapsed. And mum and dad left at that point because they were like, we're not going to be part of this if you can't decide, if we can't decide communally how we're going to vote on how we're going to vote, yeah, this is going to be a disaster, which I think was very uh, clever. What, what is your t- what's your take-home lesson from that, that story? I mean... I like it. My, I think my take-home lesson, or maybe it's just an extrapolation on what you were saying, is that... I don't necessarily agree with you on this 100%, but I think there's a good point buried in there, which is that, like... A lot of people think they know how to run the world better than it is being run. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that go into the government with very high ideals, and I have friends who've gone into government, and you just watch those ideals get broken down by the pragmatic... Like, how you get things done is so compromised in in a practical way. It's, you know, saying, you know, I'm going to build a house, right? And then, okay, you need to buy the land. How are you going to buy the land? Who are you going to buy the land from? And then how do you build the foundations? What materials are you going to use? What builders are you going to do? Are you going to do it all yourself? What structure are you going to use? What finishes are you going to have? How are you going to do the plumbing? How are you going to do the... Everything, everything is more complicated when you, you actually engage in it yeah. you know even yeah. even things like you know putting on an Edinburgh show you know on yeah. one hand you're just like oh you just stand on a stage and talk for an hour but in reality you need to go to the festival find a room book the room find accommodation yeah. get PR get printing get the name get the blurb get the image get the like there's a whole there's a whole raft of th- and that's one of the simplest things in the world right but- yeah, it's also a lesson in, like, if you try to be, you know, maybe you can't achieve perfect fairness in, like, a, they try to have a voting system, which is a voting system in itself is, like, a system made to be fair, like, so everyone gets a vote, so it's yeah. fair, and then, or a democracy or whatever, and then they couldn't figure out a voting si- for the voting system. Yeah, and then again, even the voting system that we have in Australia, where literally it is compulsory to vote, everyone must vote, otherwise yeah. you get fined, yeah. then you have people who don't vote. You have yeah. people who are in jail, and then are they allowed to have a vote? You have to make these decisions. What about people who are mentally ill beyond a certain point? Do they get a vote? People who are physically ill, what age do you start voting? Is there an upper age limit for voting? And and then we market ourselves as kind of the most democratic system because everyone gets a vote. 
but you look at all the people who get a vote and there are idiots who vote and do we want those people to well, have my, a vote? Myself included, obviously. <laughs> I mean, it's a really interesting it's a really interesting question. Is this, I mean, in the UK it's not compulsory to vote. We just don't have the population really, that's, that's why. In Australia, yeah. yeah. But I mean, but in the UK it's not compulsory to vote, so the only people who are vote are the people who have strong uh, opinions. So money and money, money controlled campaigns sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, the Greek democracy, only landowners could vote. And is that better or worse? For someone who said they don't, nothing, uh, really dislike politics, this, this podcast, this episode seems to be a lot about uh, the democratic system in Australia. Well, and, I did uh, ask you what you were wrestling with. We I'm could not talk wrestling. About oh, yeah, else. I was great wrestling with growing up. Um, I'm not sure. No, yeah. Uh, I, I, I feel out of my depth, that's all. I just feel quite out of my depth. No, you're not out of your depth. Talking about uh, talking about politics. Okay, we can What's, talk What about... have you been wrestling with, Alice? Uh, that's what I'd like to know. That's what you'd like to know. Yeah. Turning it around on me. Um, I, I've been wrestling with... Uh, life, the universe and everything. No, I don't know. I... I... I'm the one asking the questions here. Yeah. It's quite a... Quite a well, I suppose that's what everyone's wrestling. That's what I said. Uh, I said something something similar along those lines. I think, I think one of the things I'm wrestling with at the moment is... Uh, is the politics of... Not, not even the, the specific politics, but the way that people are approaching politics now. Yeah. The way that people are really, really tying their identity into what they believe. But it's, it's kind of like the, to tie it all back in, it's kind of like the depression and the health thing we were talking about before. There's no point really even examining in particulars in like the way people argue or even like small policies or anything like that because if you look at like say how, how Hitler got in power or whatever, they talk about um, there were racial tensions in the world and extreme like economic depression in Germany that sort of led to it and if you like, zoom out and look at that over time it's like it's not too dissimilar of a situation that we're in now there are like racial tensions around the world and then there's there's uh sort of the top 1% of the, the wealth division so uh, so disproportionate at the moment and stuff like that that it can create all these sort of interpersonal smaller arguments and interpersonal arguments that are almost so that, that's I, I suppose I sort of always have a view like that that, that makes me a bit more apathetic towards the views or whatever or take them with a pinch of salt or take yeah things. I think it's it's extremism in your views is a really dangerous thing yeah and I think the thing that I'm wrestling with to actually answer your question is how bad people are at assessing how important any given issue is yeah so like people get really outraged or really het up about things that are happening on such a small scale where yeah. like on a tweet or whatever when the reality is in 12 years we won't have any coral left yeah like in the world yeah look I think I think um, I mean there's so many factors at play really there's like I, I know it's an incorrect argument to sort of equate there's worse things happening in the world than this so that issue isn't important however I, I think the important thing to take out of that argument would be that there's a disproportionate level of anger directed towards either topic and I mean the other thing is we don't have 
your sort of analysis of this situation or my sort of anyone's sort of analysis situation isn't accurate because of the systems that we've created with the social media and stuff like that and and giving everyone an instantaneous voice and we're still learning to use these certain things and behave in these certain ways so there's a large part of sort of that that developing i mean even if you look at your facebook compared to I mean, I've never been big on it, but my my original Facebook that I had, as compared to now or whatever, like just the different ways people posted and stuff like that, and how much people have grown up, it's it's pretty. I mean, if we went onto my Facebook now, it'd still probably be my favourite movie. Would be saying like something from that that Donnie Darko or something like <laughs> this, something something lame. Yeah, it's changed. It's changed a lot. I think I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it develops. But yeah, we're we're very like there's a study or a paper that came out, a book that came out. I read an article about something that came out about um, this idea that we have that the world is split into two camps. Certainly, from what you see on social media, you have these two camps, yeah. which are conservative people, yeah. and they are the perception is that those are mostly older white men. Yeah. And then you have these progressive people who are uh, younger people of colour, women. Yeah. And this this study talked to 8,000, it was in America, 8,000 Americans across a, a demographically representative spectrum, so the right percentages of each race and each age and so on and so forth. And they found out that that is not at all the case. In fact, 80% of people are almost completely out of that game. They're not playing that game. They're playing a different game. They're interested in different things. They're not having these arguments. Yeah. And they see this uh, kind of divide as either irrelevant to them or dangerous. Yeah. And so, like, I think that's maybe comes back to what I, I was saying about facts. Like, we think the fact of the world is like it's 50-50 between this kind of person and this kind of person. In fact, it is not at all like that. The split of people's opinions and approaches is so different to what we believe it is. And if you're acting on this information that you have about the world, you think the world is like this, and you act as though the world is like this. You act as though the world is us versus the enemy. Yeah. You're missing out on 80% of people. Yeah. Yeah. And the way that they deal with the world. Like, that's a big thing, to have that wrong an idea that you think 100% of the world is being represented when, in fact, 20% of the world is being represented by what you see. Yeah, it's just that... Sort of just having that extremist viewpoint. And it's black and white. It's every, Everything's not black and white either, so it's... I, um, yeah, I don't know what to say. I... Uh, uh, you, know, you can have you can have uh, conservative views and and sort of uh, progressive views and be in in, in anything. And I, I mean, it's uh, it is telling when you sort of look at political views, like when you when you are sort of apathetic ap- apathetic about sort of politics, and then you can make your viewpoints based on the sort of demographics that it, that that sort of policies policies attract the demographics of people sort of policies attract yeah. so it is it is obvious it is quite telling when you just see a bunch of old white people go behind one bill and then like a whole bunch of like sort of diverse crowd go for behind another bill and it can be sort of polarizing in that it can make you a bit polarized in that sense 
well, you, you will choose something because that's the kind of thing your kind of person chooses rather than necessarily because you've... It's kind of like... Sometimes like I believe in a conspiracy theory. I'll read it and then I'll see the people that believe in that conspiracy theory and I'll be like, oh, kind of, I'm going to go with the people with jobs, jobs on this side. That is a beautiful thing. Um, where can people find you online? Ray Badrin. Uh, raybadrin.com or just Twitter. Uh, Twitter, Ray Badrin. And uh, have you got any projects coming out that people should hunt down? Um, no, I'm, I mean, I'm, like as we were talking about earlier, maybe we were talking about it on this or before this, but before uh, this. Edinburgh, uh, yeah, I might do Edinburgh Festival next year. I'm doing the Vault Festival in London in January and, and um, yeah, just ge- geeks around the place. Yeah, go to Edinburgh, watch Ray Badrin's surprisingly political show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having tea with me. Thanks, Alice. That was perfect. Lolly rifle doll, lolly rifle day.